you just never know what Google's going to do. So I went to hit recording and then a little sidebar came up, which I didn't read what it actually said, which I probably should have, because it probably had something to do with like selling your soul. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another potentially useful episode of the TCAPS Loop Podcast. My name is Larry Burden and connecting with me across the vast reaches of cyberspace, it's Danielle Brostrom and a very special guest from a real honest-to-goodness classroom that will very shortly have actual teaching and learning happening. It's Sam Walter. Before we make connections on our beam routine, let's salute the judges with this week's TCAPS Loop Moment of Zen. Vulnerability is the birthplace of connection and the path of the feeling of worthiness. If it doesn't feel vulnerable, the sharing is probably not constructive. So I'm a little surprised it's taken this long to get Sam on the pod. Uh, when Danielle said she had a rock star fourth grade teacher, I had a pretty good idea of who she was referring to. So Danielle said that uh, wanted you on the pod because you've done some some really good work finding ways to connect to our students and engage with our students, which has been obviously a, a little trickier. Um, you know, there's probably been some new skills developed or skills that you had, but maybe hadn't had the opportunity to let loose. Um, but this past year has really kind of given you some different opportunities. And I guess, you know, Danielle, if you have some questions for Sam to start the conversation, or if Sam, you just want to, you know, go into some of those experiences that you've had. Well, you know, I think really for me, like my connection with kids starts first thing in the morning, every morning. Um, and I think that that's, I have what I call a soft landing in the morning. And I think that's super important. So I try to personally greet and go around to every single kid every single morning. So uh, that's my goal in the morning is to say their name, say good morning, ask how they're doing, or make some kind of personal connection with them in that kind of 15 minutes of when they're eating breakfast. Because we're in a little different situation. The kids come in and I have a little bit of time before our day actually starts. Um, so that's something I've done since day one. And I, and I think that really builds, you know, I learn more about my kids in that 15 minutes than I do the rest of my day because I can already pick up if it's a bad day, if they didn't get a lot of sleep, if there's something going on at home of whatever. And it, it's just really powerful. How did you make that work when you were in a remote session? Uh, that was a lot harder, um, but I still did the same kind of thing. I, we started our day off and I would just go around and like, have a conversation with each kid. So I'd have one kid on mute and we'd have a quick conversation and then go to the next one. So kind of like a class meeting style more. Sam, you've always been so great at this. And like, I mean, we taught together for four years. Yeah. It felt like a really long time. And I, yeah. I feel like even, even those kids that were hesitant, like you were able to bring them into the fold and they would come in and they would feel happy and welcome and safe and loved. And how do you bring in those kids that are that are hesitant? Because I've seen you do it consistently with really, really tough kids over and over and over again. Part of it starts, you know, years before they're in my classroom, really. Um, you know, and that's the advantage of being at a school for a long time. But, you know, I look for those kids that I know are going to be difficult to make a connection with. And I start that connection early. I think also me being vulnerable with the kids is also a big piece of that. So I'm human and I tell the kids I'm human. And I come across, you know, if I'm having a bad day, I let them know that. And I think for some kids, they see that, you know, hey, even this adult is having a bad day. The other thing is, and I tell my kids this all the time, my love is unconditional. That no matter what you do in this classroom, I love you. I spend more time with you every day than I spend with my own kids. 
And so at the end of the day, we're a family. And, you know, that's the word we use is family. And so I, I try to, like, you know, make every kid understand that you're the most important thing to me during this day. And it's great. What it sounds like to me is you try to create a safe space. And maybe you even use that word. How, how important do you think that creating that safe space is for our students? I think it's really important. I, I think, you know, not only for emotional support, but also educationally. We only learn when we make mistakes. We only we only can grow when we make mistakes and learn from those mistakes. And so I try to set up a room where failure is, is okay. Failure is a good thing. Um, it's just a step along the process to developing your skills. And so, you know, right away, I try to make it a safe place. We talk a lot early on in my school year about family, about what it means to be part of a family, about how you don't have to like everybody, but you have to respect everybody. You know, I don't tolerate any kind of like negative talk towards people. And we'll have, you know, class meetings weekly about how we can fix this problem. How can we get along? What can we do so that we're not putting each other down? So Sam, you say that you start those relationships early and they continue with you until you have them in your classroom. Can you talk a little bit about what happens when they leave your classroom? Because I know it's not that like, bye, sayonara, I'm doing cartwheels, not gonna see you again. Like, I know it's different for you. It is, it's really different. Um, So I stay in touch with as many kids as I can. You know, I've gotten two letters in the lap this year, two pretty powerful letters from former students. Uh, One talked about basically how I saved her life, that she was at such a low point when she was in my classroom. And now she's a nurse. She's just got engaged. And I had another one from a, a kid who talked about how I never treated her differently because of where she came from or who she was. And, you know, I have a couple kids that reach out to me for tutoring just out of the blue. I'll, and I'll do a FaceTime call at eight o'clock at night at my house because uh, those relationships are, you know, stick. They're powerful. And it's why I do this job. And I look at it as this is my community. This is my family. I'm on five and six siblings of kids now. And I think in my whole room, I only have two kids that I don't have, a, haven't had a sibling of. And so that, that community building is, is powerful as well. And so I love what I do every day. I come here and try to make those, these kids lives better. Thank you. The school you're at is, is a, a high risk school. There's, there's definitely some, some needs there and to create some consistency in these, these kids' lives, I think is really important. And you know, that the greeting that you do at the start of each day, creates that level of consistency. And I think it goes back to, you know, creating that safe space. How important do you think creating a, a consistent routine for those students is in making them feel comfortable so that they can actually focus on their, you know, their learning when they're in your classroom? Yeah, you know, so many of my kids and, I, and kids in general like structure. I mean, it sounds funny. You think kids want freedom. They want to be on their own. They just want to be you know, crazy. But they crave that structure. You know, I have a group of kids that hug me every morning. And for them, like, that might be the only hug they get. They know that every morning they're going to see that face of that person that loves them. They're going to feel safe. They're going to feel welcome. It's super important that that minute they walk in, that they know that that's, that's what's there for them. You know, they're not going to walk into me, even if I've had a bad day outside. When I see them, I am, I'm on. I'm the happiest person you've ever seen in the classroom. And I'm greeting them in a way that they know it's safe. They know that they're home. They know they're in their safe, comfortable spot for the next six or seven hours. Do you immediately just want your kids in that classroom? <laughs> That's all I can think of when I hear is, oh, Sam, I love this. 
again, going back to when you were doing the remote uh, teaching earlier this year, it's very clear that creating those connections is super important to you. As you're going through your day, how do you, how were you making those connections and making those connections stick earlier in the year in a remote environment? Because I got to imagine that was relatively difficult for you. Yeah, very difficult. My teaching style has been described as storytelling. So I do a lot of personal stories and a lot of connections to myself, my family. That way I made those connections with some of those kids. So, you know, I would talk about something and ask if anybody else had that experience or that in common. So that idea, we could share some of those personal stories, personal struggles, personal triumphs, any of those kind of things. So that's, you know, part of who I am is that I'm very open to talk about what's going on in my life. And I think that 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 made it in remote a little bit easier. It was hard, though, because, you know, that was my biggest struggle with remote teaching was that I wanted those one-on-one conversations more. I wanted that chance to pull that kid up to my desk and just talk. I mean, yes, uh, two days ago, I had a kid who who was mad at me. He 100% was mad at me. And we spent a half an hour as kids were doing work, having a discussion, you know, and I can't do that in remote. And, you know, at the end of the day, we didn't agree. We, we agreed to disagree, but that was okay. But he knew that I, he was comfortable enough to come talk to me and say, I'm really angry at you right now. I'm frustrated with you because of this, this, and this. And I was able to say to him, well, here's why this, this, and this happened. That happens because he's comfortable enough. And that's what I, that's what I struggle with remote. By, you know, when the option was like, oh, you can go remote. I'm like, I belong here. This feels right. Sam, can you talk about how you leverage those relationships that you've built to um, get kids excited about learning and the content and the curriculum? Once we have that safe place and once we have that community feeling, it's pretty easy. You know, A, I do it with my personality. So I'm over the top. I'm excited. I'm, yeah, yeah, this is the best thing we've ever done. And I try to make it high energy, high pace for the kids. And then because of our relationship, I'm able to go to a kid and say, I need you to do this for me. And nine out of 10 times, the kids will respond and just do it for me. You know, people walk in my room and they're like, your kids always listen to you. And they always listen to me because I've built that relationship because I've taken the time to personally get to know them. And I, and I think like that community feeling makes the kids respond to me and they'll do pretty much anything I ask them to do. Because they know that at the end of the day, they want my love, they want my caring, they want to make me happy. And so, you know, I probably have almost all my kids on task doing what they're supposed to be doing in the curriculum because they're comfortable, safe. They're okay to say to me, I don't get it. They're okay to say to me, I don't understand. They're okay to say, you know, this is really frustrating and I can't do it. And know that I will be there and I will be that support, that consistent piece for them. Sam, can you talk about the the families? Like, how do you bring families into the educational discussion? How do you make them feel comfortable in the classroom too? Because that's a whole other piece of what you do as well. So, you know, I'm probably different from most people in this. I give out my personal number to my families. So my families have my personal cell phone number, which I'm okay with um, because I'm there for them. I mean, I signed up for this job not only to support the kid, but support the family. And I'm a huge believer in that. You know, I had last night, I had a parent reach out to me at eight o'clock at night and we had a phone conversation and I'm perfectly okay with that because that's part of what I signed up for. That's part of what I love about this job, you know, is that I'm making a difference in people's lives. 
ultimately, you know, I, I wish I could track my kids to find out what happens to them. Um, that's the one piece that I miss sometimes because, you know, I get I got those couple letters of success stories, but what what other ones, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm here to teach and educate and all those things, but the impact I can have on these kids' life, the chance for change, the change factor that I can be is something that brings me in every day. And so, you know, I'm open to families. Uh, you know, again, having multiple kids, families know me. They know that I'm open. They know that, you know, that when they reach out to me, that I'm going to respond in a way that's that's not judgmental at all. That's really supportive. That's really there to make sure that them and their kids are both successful. Sam, I bet it's really nice for families to feel like they have that partner in education. I know it's it's been helpful for me when I'm confused with my own daughter's math homework <laughs> and I call my friend, Mr. Walter, and he spends some time with her on the phone because she doesn't listen to me. <laughs> she listens to Mr. Walter because Mr. Walter explains it in a way she understands. But it, it just it just feels nice because nobody ever knows what they're doing with parenting. I don't know what I'm doing ever, but to feel like I have another person there, that's got to feel really good for your families. Yeah. And, you know, and, and maybe someday it will come back to haunt me, you know, but so far I, I've had no parents that haven't been respectful. You know, usually apologize when they reach out to me. Like, we're sorry for bothering you. And I tell them, you're not bothering me. This is, you know, part of my job. This is what I do. This is who I am. And, you know, I think about my kids a lot. Like, they are my family. And, you know, I use the word love in my classroom a lot. I say, I love you guys. Um, you know, in fourth, fifth grade, they're just kind of like, I don't know about that, you know. But then they start understanding what I mean by that, you know, when I... And, my favorite thing to say to them is I get seven hours a day with you guys. I go home at 4.30. My kids go to bed at 7.30. I have three hours with my own kids. I'm with you five days a week more than I am with my own kids. That's That means a lot. I love you guys, you know. Aww. I think a lot of teachers, I think, would like to have that type of relationship with their students and, and with the students' parents. I think most people in the educational community recognize how important that would be to having success in their classroom. However, I, I have to imagine, you know, I think we go back to that safe thing. My guess is many teachers might not feel safe doing that, be it in their classroom or outside of their classroom, having those discussions with parents. What are some of the skills that you think are most important, making you feel safe as a, as a teacher to do those things? To me, everything goes back to my openness and my honesty, that I am a human, that I am a person, that I make mistakes and I own up to those mistakes. The parent that called me last night, you know, was because I forgot to do something and I was honest with her. And I said, yeah, you're right. I made a mistake and forgot to do that. Part of that is showing that vulnerability myself makes parents more accepting. And then I think also that I always, 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 no matter what, try to talk about how great their kid is before I bring up anything else about their kid. So I always try to have a positive conversation with parents well before I have any pro talk about problems, you know, even if I'm calling home for something, you know, I, I usually try to start off with, you know, they're doing really good with this, this and this. We just have a little problem we need to talk about. So, you know, that idea that I'm trying to be more positive, I'm trying to make that connection again. And I tell parents a lot of times that we're on a team and if we aren't successful together, our team won't be successful. And ultimately, we have the same goal. We want your kid to, to achieve. We want your kid to be the best kid they could be. And if we don't work together, that can't happen. Hey, Sam, tell us, what's the coolest thing you're doing in the classroom right now? Like, what are you doing that's like awesome that you think other teachers should know about? I always learn from you. <laughs> we are actually, uh, this is really cool. We ripped off these really big posters. So like they're huge uh, from construction paper. 
And for social studies, we're doing Michigan right now. And so the kids, because my kids live in a small world, uh, a lot of times, you know, they haven't seen the Bay. And so I had them research. I've made a list of the top 10 man-made things in Michigan and the top 10 um, natural things in Michigan. And they researched it. They had to draw a picture of it. They had to find it on the map to get them excited about, hey, I can go to Grand Rapids and see Frederick Meyer Gardens and it's only two hours away. Hey, I can go to the Sleeping Bear Dunes it's only 45 minutes away. So we've been doing some research. What's really cool about it is they don't realize that the research and writing is, is reading. They're reading about it. They're citing text evidence. They're doing all that and they don't realize that they're just excited about the fact that, hey, Mr. Walter, did you know the Mackinac Bridge is 5.2 miles long? Or, hey, Mr. Walter, did you know that Pitchard Rocks has this many acres of wilderness or whatever it is, you know? So that's been really cool. And they're really excited about their posters and making the posters super, super big. You know, we go to the gym and we roll them out on a gym floor. And that feels like really cool to them because the posters are huge. I love that. I want to see those. I want to learn about some new places to go travel. So so now I'm excited. You know, we talked about stuff that you've done this year. What's been your your fi- your favorite project that you've done with the kids over the over the years the one that you're like gosh i wish i could do that one again that's tough the coolest one i think was a couple years ago right when the greatest showman came out and uh i played this song um this is me and so which is you know kind of about but how we're different and then every kid made a collage on a slide so we had a slideshow and they made a collage of all the things and we spent a lot of time talking about how we don't make fun of people for what they're into. So if you wanted to put, you know, Pokemon cards on there, put Pokemon cards on there and no one's going to make fun of you for that. We're all different. We laminated them. We put them up in the hallway. And I think that was one of the coolest projects just because it really like was this idea of like, it's okay to be who you are in this safe space. That was a really cool project that we did. So Sam, can, can I, um, lead you to talk a little bit about my favorite project that you ever do because um let me tell you here's a funny story so last day of school it it is what it is you're trying to get kids packed up and get them out of there blah 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 and okay again teaching with sam i walk over and there's something totally different happening in his room and first of all he didn't tell me so i should have been doing it too he just did it and it was amazing and then i've i've stolen that and i've done that years and it's beautiful and amazing. Can you talk about that, Sam? Sure. So on the last day, we sit in a circle and I tell the kids, this is my time. Um, And and so that, you know, they have to be quiet. And I go around and I personally thank every kid for being in my classroom. And so I talk about what I loved about them. And we talk about funny stories or I'll talk about how hard they worked or the growth they made in reading. There's hardly a dry eye in the room. A lot of kids that are crying. And it's really, really powerful. Um, when I say thank you for being part of my class, it truly, I truly mean it, you know. And that's the thing. I think that's, you know, hard sometimes and struggle because we are human is to find those things about some kids that we love. Um, but every kid is trying their best in the room. So, you know, it's it's really, really powerful. It's It's really emotionally draining for me. I think for the kids, they realize, like, he really does, you know what he says is true. Like, you know, and they laugh about things that I remember. And it's just a, it's a powerful way to end your day, end your year. One more question there, Sam. I know we're running out of time and you have to actually like teach kids and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You've, you've mentioned a lot of things that 
as a as an adult and as a teacher are difficult to do or emotionally draining. What kind of supports do you have or do you think are important for a teacher to have to be able to successfully do what you do? What makes because it's all well and good to say I'm I'm very giving and I'm very vulnerable and I'm and I'm all these things. It's not it's not easy. This is tough stuff that you that you're you're doing. And I think that's probably why maybe it isn't done more often. What kind of supports do you have that makes that possible? You know, part of it is is the great staff I work with. So humor is a huge in this building. And so when you're having that down day, there's always someone there to lift you up. So that's the part of the staff. My administrator is amazing. I mean, Kirsten will go to bat for you, will look at you and say, you know, you're having a rough day. What can I do? And I think that's kind of support is crucial. You know, the adults in the building can make or break you. You know, we've had people come to Blair that haven't joined that family, that community, and they've been unsuccessful. And so I really think that that's, that's the biggest thing to be vulnerable. You need some people to brush you off and get you back up and say, you know, you're going to be okay. You're doing this, this, and this amazing. Let's keep going. If I was going to give advice to teachers or anything about this, you know, I think it's try to make that personal connection with a kid. Try to find out what makes them tick. Try to take a minute to just talk about anything but school. And I think that's that's crucially as important as talking about math and talking about reading is taking that minute to say, what makes you tick? Who are you? What gets you excited? It, it's not much of your day. 30 seconds per kid is not a lot of your day. And you never know, that is the thing I always think about, I might be the only person that talked to that kid that day. I might be the only person that smiled at that kid that day. I might be the only person that gave that kid a hug that day. And that's that's pretty powerful when I think about that. Good stuff, Sam. Thanks. Well, Sam, I, I, I really appreciate your time. No, no problem. Do we want to do tech tool of the week? Or do you have a tech tool, Danielle? I do have a tech tool. Do you want me All to right. do it? If you don't want to stay on, Sam, if you have to get to your, I don't want to keep you any longer than you have to. Well, now I got to hear this tech tool of the week. I mean, All right. you know, it's probably Google. You can search yeah. things on it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> tech tool, tech of, the tool of the week. So last week I took part in the Ramsey play date and my session was all about SEL resources. So resources that are great for teachers just like Sam that are looking for things to really engage kids. And one of my favorite things that somebody shared is a YouTube video called Kids Tell a Joke. And it is all these fantastic, and you know when kids tell jokes, usually not all of them are funny. Um, I think these are hilarious. So kids tell a joke, and I will link that in the show notes because I think it's nice to just sit down and laugh with your students once in a while. I think you should have a joke for us right now. Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow. Ooh. There you go. Just <laughs> just so disappointed <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some things just don't come through on podcasts. All right. In closing, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at TCAPSLOOP. At Brostrom DA. Subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Downcast, Overcast, the Google Play Store, Spotify, or wherever else you get your ear candy. Thanks for listening and inspiring. I never knew you were an agent of chaos, Danielle. This yeah. is great. <laughs>